0: To unexpected. I want to talk to you. I want to spend my time that I have with you, just empowering you, sharing what's on my heart. Uh, in 2015, in September the 26th of 2015, as I was praying, I felt like the Lord just placed in my heart that uh, 2016 was going to be a year of unexpected, unexpected good things, by the way, and so positive things, and it's going to be a year where we're just going to see things that we really didn't expect take place, take place in our life. And, and I love the Scripture. I believe that God gave me the Scripture to go with what he's, uh, I believe He put in my heart. And it's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Let's throw it up. It says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, which includes us, Forever and ever. Amen. Notice here that he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He wants to go beyond what it is that we're asking or thinking. and uh, He wants to do beyond that. And it says, according to the power that works in us. I believe part of that power is the power of faith. And we have to engage our faith and believe it. I think there's a lot of people that are not believing for great things in their life, and so they're just rocking along and living a life in the wilderness rather than pressing into the uh, promised land and enjoying the promised land that God has for them. And I think that in the promised land, there's a lot of things that God wants us to experience. And so we've been on this journey for the past few weeks, talking about that. Matter of fact, there's, there's been three sayings that I've been saying and bringing out in this, in this process. And I want to give it to you again today. And number one is this. It says, uh, the, the, the thing that I wrote down is, God is always doing so much more than we think he is. He's always doing so much more. I mean, he, it's just beyond us. Again, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I know that some of you are there, and you're, you've are you been in a place where you've been for a long time, and maybe maybe you're in a place where you're just like plowing and plowing, and it just seems like you're not getting, gaining any ground, but I'm telling you to, this year is going to change. Yeah. This year is different for you. I am declaring it your faith is engaging, you're believing it right now, and you're going to see that you're going to gain ground this year. So God is always doing so much more than you think he is. Second statement that I, I, I've been making is that 2016 will be the best year in our life. It will be the best year in our life if it is the best year in our life spiritually. And so God wants us to to be the best year in our life, but we're going to have to engage spiritually and talk spiritually. And I I talked yesterday in our our prayer uh, service about being fit for the master's use, prepared for every good work. And so we need to be fit in three areas, spiritually, solically, and also physically. And so I talked about that, and it's online. You can go back and you can listen to it, and you can can go ahead and... uh, uh, you can go ahead and, and get that message and, and empower your life and see how you can be fit in these areas, okay? And so, and the third statement I've been making is that if we, if we give God our full attention, He will exceed our greatest expectation. And so we need to put God first. We need to focus in on God and watch if He doesn't exceed your greatest expectation. Watch and see if He doesn't do something that is beyond what you can ask or think. And so, what is it? Unexpected blessings God's going to bring into our lives this year, unexpected favor He's going to bring into our lives this year, unexpected gifts. He's going to bring into our lives this year. He's going to bring unexpected opportunities, ideas, unexpected connections in our life this year for His glory. That's what He's going to do. And He's going to bring unexpected restorations in our life. He's going to restore things. Your health is going to be restored this year, your relationships, your finances. Areas in your life. There's going to be a lot of restoration in your life this year. And I want you to expect it and watch for it. It's coming. Right. It's coming. It's coming to us this, this year. So my question is, big old question, what if? What if God does do this? What if he brings all these good things in our life? What if? Are we prepared for them? And so today what I want to do... Is I want to talk about I want to talk about being prepared for the unexpected. Preparing for the unexpected is what I've entitled today's message. Are we prepared for every good work? Are we are we in a position to receive all these blessings? Are we positioned to be able to to be able to uh, steward these blessings into uh, it be a blessing in our life. You know, we had this big uh, lottery that just took place, and and I was watching uh, Fox News, and and they were saying that that most people that uh, that win these lotteries are worse off uh, in a, within a couple of years than they were before they won the lottery because they weren't in position to receive all that in their life. We need to be prepared. We need to be positioned. It needs to be a blessing and not a cursing in our life. And so we need to be be prepared. And so I want to talk to you about being prepared. Prepared to receive and leverage whatever God brings into our life to its full potential for His glory. We don't want to just receive it and not leverage it. We want to take what He brings into our life and leverage it for His glory for what He wants to, to do with it in and through our lives. Whatever it may be, if it's restoration of relationships, what do you want to do with these relationships in my life? If it's blessings or gifts or opportunities or ideas or connections or favor or whatever it is that He wants to bring into, into our lives, Lord, what do, we, what, do we, what do you want to do with it and help us to leverage it, leverage it, leverage it to its full potential for His glory. So let's talk about it. I was thinking about a story that I think that uh, was a great story that, that is history. It truly happened, and that was a story of Joseph, a young man at the age of 17 had a dream. How many of you remember that dream? He had a dream, and in that dream, basically, the, the moral of it is that, is that he was going to he's going to be uh, over his, his family. And, of course, he, he, he got excited about that dream. And I think we ought to get excited about God's dreams. And, and I know there's, there's different uh, thoughts out there among preachers and that he should, you, you, you shouldn't speak out your dream too early. And, and you've got to watch who you speak it out to. And I've heard all the, different, all the different things. But let me tell you, when faith comes into your heart, first thing that ought to happen, it ought to come out of your mouth. I want to give you a scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. And so when we believe something, man, we ought to be speaking it out. And that's why I'm speaking it out. This year is a year of the unexpected blessings and good things and opportunities and ideas and favor and restoration and all whatever. God, whatever it is that you want to bring into our life, we're just we're just ready to receive it. We want to be prepared. We want to get ready. And I believe that Joseph was very, very uh, uh, good example for us to to follow. He began to speak it out, and his brothers didn't like him. Of course, we know what happened. <laughs> they 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 conspired to kill him. And you know, some people are not going to like the dream. Some people don't want to hear it, well, I'm going to expect the unexpected. And I know that there's some critics out there, you know, I know there's some critics out there, and that's like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to expect it. Right. So move out of my way. And so, you know, uh, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to see great things take place in my life. And we are, as a church, we're going to see great things, amen? And so unexpected things are coming. And so they conspired to, to kill him. And, and then, thank God for one of the brothers, I believe it was Benjamin, that uh, intervened. And, and then uh, they went ahead and, and, and sold him as a slave. Right? Sold him as a slave. Was it Benjamin? Which one was it? Judah. Okay, anyway, one of the brothers. Let's go. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Okay. All right. Anyway, one of the brothers intervened. And uh, they ended up selling them into slavery, and of course, there's a whole story there, and we'll get into some of it. And uh, uh, but nonetheless, uh, here's the thing about about Joseph that we need to be prepared for, and that's we need to how to prepare for the unexpected. We prepare by faith, by faith. And let me tell you what faith does: it produces heart. And Joseph had heart. He had heart to endure until he saw the unexpected happen. And it was beyond what he expected, by the way. It wasn't just being leaders over his family, it was leaders over a nation. Eventually he was he was taken from the prison to the palace. Right. And, and he, he, he was put in command over the whole nation. But prior to that, he was put over, he was put over the, the, the master's house that he was sold to. He was put over the prison when he was falsely accused of, of rape. And, and he was put over all the prison. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But by faith, he continued on. And let me tell you something. We have to have faith because faith does something. Faith keeps our hearts engaged. It keeps us going on and pressing on when circumstances are contradicting what we believe to be the truth and what we believe to be God. And so we just, because we have faith, our heart's engaged, our heart stays, it stays motivated, stays excited. In the face of opposition, it stays excited that we're going to see God work. And we have to believe that God's working. And, and, and the Bible says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see the Lord. When we have a pure heart before God and our heart is just wanting to love God, please God, regardless of circumstances, we know that God's hand is going to be at work in our lives. That God's going to take even the negative and work it out for the positive, for, to work it out for good. We just know that that's going to happen. But too often when we lose faith, we also lose heart. And when we lose heart, we quit and we give up. And, and, and I've seen, I've been, you know, unfortunately... I've had uh, to bury three loved ones, two been church mar- members, uh, one a little brother, and all three of them committed suicide. And I've, I, well, I've buried more than that, but uh, those that have committed suicide, and I've got to thinking about this. Uh, you know, they gave, up in, they gave up on their faith, and as a result, they lost heart. In Scripture, throughout Scripture, it says, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. And really, the only way that I believe that we can keep our heart engaged is keep our faith engaged. We keep believing, we keep speaking. How do you know if you're in faith? By the words that you're speaking. What is it that you're speaking? Because the Bible says, when you believe, you speak. When you believe, you speak. What are you speaking out of your mouth? Are you speaking faith? Are you speaking doubt and unbelief? Remember what I made, if you were, you've been with us for the past few weeks, I've made this statement that, uh, that unbelief is bigger than any giant that you'll face in life. It doesn't matter how big the giant is, your unbelief is even bigger than that giant. It will, it's a killer. It will, it will devastate you if you allow it to come into your life. And so we need to keep our faith engaged. And Joseph, he was prepared what God had for him because he had his faith engaged. If we're going to be prepared for God, what God wants to unfold, we've got, we got to be believers. These signs shall follow those that doubt. No, it doesn't say that. It says these signs shall follow those that believe. There are certain things that follow believers. There's certain things that happen for those that are in faith than, th- than those that are not in faith. You know, you'll hear people, well, well, why'd this happen to me? Well probably because you weren't believing and uh, and, and by the way, there's good things and bad things that happen to good people and uh, And we'll talk about that in just a moment. and uh, but I want you to see Mark chapter nine, verse twenty three. It talks about faith and it says this, Jesus said, it says, if you can believe all things, say all things, all things things are possible to him who believes. And so if we keep our faith engaged, all things are possible. And and you you need to have heart. I cannot stress that enough. Your heart needs to be fully engaged in what God's doing. You can't just be half-hearted about it. Everything that we pursue, we ought to pursue with all of our heart as a, as a believer, as a Christian. And the only way that we can be fully, fully, fully uh, engaged in our heart is to be engaged with our faith. And so let's be believers and know that God's going to do great things for us. Let's be prepared for what God has for us. You see, let, let, me, let me say this too, that... That if you are in faith and you really, too, truly believe it, then you're going to be preparing for it. There you're going to be setting yourself up for it. If you, don't, if you don't believe that God's going to increase maybe a certain area in your life, then you're not going to make room for it. I think of the disciples when Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish. Guess what he did? He had them sit down in companies of 50. He prepared. He had them prepare for it before the miracle took place. And and they got prepared, and then the miracle came. Let's get prepared for what God has for us. Second thing that happened with uh, Joseph is that again he got falsely—well, he got uh, he got uh, imprisoned. Uh, Excuse me, he got uh, he got sold into slavery, and then he got imprisoned because he was falsely accused. And I want you to see this Uh, uh, in Genesis thirty-nine, verse three through six. It says, "And his master saw that the Lord was with him." And this is talking about the master that was over him as, as, as a, being a slave. He was a, Joseph was a slave. And it says that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put under his authority. Notice that. All. Everything. He, he, made, him, he made him overseer over it all. Everything. 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 He says, here, just oversee it all. So that it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he didn't even know what all he had except for the bread which he had. Of which he ate. He, he just gave it all to Joseph said, take care of it. Just make sure I eat well. <laughs> just make sure I got food. Doesn't that sound like a man? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, don't let, I don't even want to worry about it. Just feed me well, all right? Yeah. And that's what he did. And, and here he was a slave in the house. Not even a hired hand. Wasn't a foreman. He was a slave in the house. And he said, Joseph, take care of it. And I'm going to tell you why. Number, uh, number two is because he was responsible. How we prepare for what God has for us is by responsibility. And responsibility produces maturity. And when we're mature, we're given favor by those that are over us. And let me tell you, if you want promotion on your job, be responsible. What do I mean by that? Do what needs to be done without being asked. Just get out there and make it happen. I love that when I see that in people. I love when people are just being responsible. When they're, uh, you know, they, just, they just get it done. They just get the job done. You don't have to oversee them. You don't have to just, you know, they just get it done. I, I love it when people just come to me and say, you know, pastor, I got this done, done this, done, done, and, and it's like, awesome, man, go. Guess what I do? I give them more favor. I give them more, I give them more favor. Why? Because they're acting maturely. They're being mature. Irresponsibility—what do we call them? Immature. Responsible people we call mature people. The, and God's the same way. You know, if we want God to give more to us, then we need to be responsible. We need to be mature. And if God sees that we're responsible and being mature, then God says, "Okay, I can give you more. I can get it done." What's it? What, you know, what? What is it that I can? What is it that I can give? Uh, you know, Jacob? What is it that I can give Lynn? What is it that I can give Cheyenne? What is it that I can give Don or Rhonda or whoever? You know, what is it that I can give uh, Candace or Dan or what is it that I can give Jeremy or Heather? What is it that I can pour upon their lives because they're, they're being so responsible in their lives? I can trust them. I can give them more. And Joseph was one of those people. Even when he was falsely accused, you know, let me tell you something that keeps us from being responsible. Excuses. Excuses are like armpits. Everybody has one. And they have a tendency to stink, right? And so, I used to say other things, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah. And so, anyway... um, Excuses. You know, Joseph had an excuse. He could have been, oh, my brothers, they were going to kill me. They were going to throw me in a pit and leave me. Then they sold me as a slave. Oh, poor old me. Ah." You know what I do? You know, big old baby. But no, you know what he did? He became more responsible. He know, he's just going to do what nece- was necessary. What needed to be done, even though he was a slave, he just got it done. And the Bible said that everything that he did, blessed God blessed it. And, and as a result, it brought favor in, into his life. And I'm going to tell you, if God, if you will just be responsible at home, be responsible on the job, be responsible at church, be responsible everywhere you are, you watch and see if, if, if favor doesn't come your way. Genesis 39, 21 to 23, uh, it says this, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Wherever, whatever he did, whatever he did there, it was his doings. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Mature people, mature people always do what's right because it's the right thing to do regardless of what they feel or see. And that's the deal, that's the deal with uh, Joseph. And so mature people uh, get mature results. And that's, that's what I love about this. If we'll be mature, we'll get mature results. Now, here's the thing. Once again, I just want to, I want to hammer away at this for just a moment longer. Is that, is that we, we all could have excuses. And there's a lot of people that have excuses of, of why they do what they do. But we just need to eliminate those excuses. Because there's only two ways, really two ways that you can live. You can live your life on the will of God. The ways of God, the, 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 the purposes of God, the, the plans of God. The, you know, just God's way. God's way. God's values. Or you can live it contrary to those things. And so you're either building your house on the sand or you're building it on the rock. And when the storms come, I'm like north, northeast where the, that snow just hit. It's crazy, huh? All that snow, I mean, it came. And snow's going to come to your house. There's going, to thing, there's going to be things that are going to hit you, bam. I mean, it's going to slap you in the face, and it's going to, and you know what? The tendency for most people is to make an excuse of why they can't follow through and do what they need to do and be responsible and be the mature person. Okay, that's where most people, and 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 if you allow yourself to give in to those excuses and become a become a a a a a. a uh, a casualty to an an excuse in your life, guess what? You're building your house on the sand. And when when the storm comes, the Bible says that storm's going to blow your house down and it's going to destroy it. But if you build your house on the rock, then when the storms come, you're going to continue to stand. And here's the thing that I've been talking about lately and I've been saying this lately, is that most people, most people, Uh, that not most I'm going to tell you all people that are building their house on the sand they spend all of their time rebuilding their house rebuilding their house and if they rebuild it on the sand guess what when that storm comes, it's going to throw it back down. It's going to destroy it. And guess what they're doing? They're building their house on the sand. And they spend all of their time building, rebuilding their house. And rebuilding their house instead of continuing on doing what God wants them doing. Just going forward and enjoying all the blessings that God has for them. Are you with me this morning? Yes, sir. And we don't have time. Our life's too short. The older I get the more I, I realized life's way too short to be spending our time rebuilding our house, rebuilding our house. Let's weather the storm. And let's go forward and let's be responsible and mature and let's continue to do great, 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 great things for God. And so that's what Joseph did. Let me take you to the third thing because I know that you're really excited about this message. And, uh, and, 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 and let me tell you something. Those that build their house on the sand and they're constantly rebuilding their, they're constantly rebuilding their house, are the people that have a lot of drama in their life. <laughs> drama, drama, drama. And if you want less drama in your life, less drama in your life, build your house on the rock. Amen? OK, here we go. How to prepare for the unexpected. Number three: buy stewardship. Stewardship produces trustworthiness. The more that you steward your life, steward your life, opportunities will happen. God will bring opportunity after opportunity, blessing after blessing in your life because God is a God that is a steward. He's not going to give something to somebody that's going to just waste it, abuse it, or misuse it. He's going to give whatever He gives, He's going to give it to those that are stewarding that. In their life and going to use it. The word steward means to manage. He's going to when you manage your life well, then then he's going to give it to you, and because he knows that you're going to manage it well. Are you with me thus far? Okay. Let's see this in Genesis chapter forty-one, uh, with Joseph's life, verse thirty-seven. It says so. So the advice, and this is where Joseph uh, was brought before the uh, the the uh, The Pharaoh, and uh, when he was brought before the Pharaoh uh, to interpret the dream, uh, it says this, uh, he interpreted the dream and says this in verse 37, So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God... I love that. I'd I'd love to be known as as the Spirit of God being upon my life. Hopefully I am known by that. And it goes on in verse th- uh, 39, says, And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be over my house, and, and, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I... Be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to jo- Joseph, "See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt." He took him from the prison, placed, uh, placed him in the palace, and I'm going to tell you why. Because he, he he managed his life well. He 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 controlled his life. He managed his he he, he, he stewarded himself in his priorities, in his in his uh, in his principles. And in, in every area of his life, he managed himself w- well. I tell our leaders all the time, if you can't lead yourself well, you're not going to lead others well. you gotta, you got to control your emotions. you got to control the way you think. If you just allow yourself to just think anyway, you're going you're gonna to be all over the chart. And, and let me tell you, the product of your life is the way that you think. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. This world's everywhere. You know that, right? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. And so we've got to, we've got to control our mind. We've got to control our emotions. We've got to control our actions daily. We need, we need to have, be disciplined people. Uh, I was telling our team this morning, I've not always been as disciplined as I am, and I'm not near where I want to be. But I got to where I am today because I started speaking it. I'm disciplined. I'm extremely disciplined. I'm highly disciplined. I'm not just, just getting by. I don't want to be average. I want to be everything that God wants me to be. And so I'm declaring what God sees me to be. I'm not declaring what I see me to be because I can look at a mirror and see different than what I'm declaring. Right. We're our worst critic, by the way. You know, we're always being criti- criticized by somebody because we all have a tendency to be negative. But I'm going to tell you who your biggest critic is, is you. And so we've got to watch what we're criticizing ourselves about, start speaking what God says, and watch and see if it doesn't begin to produce in your life. And so we need to steward our lives well. How do we do that? We need to start speaking it. We need to start uh, thinking it. We need to start acting it, and watch and see if it doesn't produce a trustworthiness where people want to entrust us with great things. As a pastor, I don't want to entrust people with, with things that are going to misuse, abuse, or or uh you know, just waste, I want to entrust people, I want to entrust leadership, I want to entrust people, especially the most precious, precious thing on the face of this earth is people i don't want to i don't want to give it to somebody that 's not going to treat people well because i 'm telling you my heart for this house is to love God, love people, and I love people passionately I, I'm, and there's no I'm serious. I love people passionately. It hurts my heart. It hurts my heart when I see people building their house on the sand. Because I know they're going to spend a lot of their time, a lot of their energy, a lot of their life rebuilding, rebuilding, and then they're going to, deal, they're going to spend a lot of their time dealing with the drama in their life. But when you build it on a rock, you know, the storms will come. There's not going to be any drama because you're going to weather the storm. It's just for a short time. By the way, the storm ceased in north, uh, northeast uh, uh, states. It's ceased. They're, they're uh, experiencing uh, clear clouds today. It's going to start melting. It was short-lived. And I'm going to tell you, the storms that you're, you're going to encounter, if it's built on the rock, it's going to be short-lived. But those that are on the sand, it's like that storm never leaves. Because about the time they get their house built, kaboom! Another storm, Another storm rebuilding, drama, drama, <laughs> drama, 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 drama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's just for those that are having to work with them. It's it's it can be difficult at times. But we love people, yeah. and uh, I'm through. <laughs> Because if I keep talking, I'm going to talk for about 15 more hours because i got a lot in me, so I better just stop. And, you know, I don't want to talk 15 hours because I I thought about uh, Paul when he was speaking. He was talking so long that somebody fell out of the window and died. He had to stop, pause, put pause on his message, go out there, raise him from the dead, go back and start speaking again. So I don't want to raise anybody from the dead today, okay? I love you. Man, let's go forward. Let's expect great things from God. Let's see God do great things. Let's put these pr- principles to work in our life. Let's be prepared by faith. Let's do that by faith. Let's get out there and make sure that our faith is engaged. Let's be good stewards. Let's, let's put these things to work and watch God do great things this year. Father, we thank you. We